0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: This makes me want to do the Conor McGregor walk with my shirt off. You know, oh, with the all, arms flying yeah, everywhere? Yeah. Because that that would get Harry to say that boy bad. That's that a lot of works. um
2: movement. That's a lot of movement. It <laughs> reminds me of that scene in The Simpsons. Where Homer goes to get his body fat checked, and the doctor's like, "We can check the body fat index based on how long it jiggles for." And he flicks it, and then like the the it just he jiggles for like three and a half minutes. It just doesn't stop. Look at that blubber jiggle.
1: It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. You know, we walked in this morning, we're having a production meeting and uh you know, right away we're talking about LeBron James, could he potentially get traded? And I'm just thinking, "Oh god, are we really going to be talking about this?" And then I thought, "You know, hey, listen, it's Sports Talk Radio. It's a great topic. Maybe it's going to happen." And then he had to go ruin it. And then they had to go and ruin it. They ruined the whole thing because we had the hourglass tweet from earlier this week. We had LeBron sitting out last night with AD. And then we had this morning, Alan Hahn throwing this out. Of course, the host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio 98.7 in New York City. He was on get up today.
2: I would start fielding offers for LeBron James because that's the best thing you have. It's the most valuable piece, tradable commodity that you have. And of course, it's not going to happen, Twitter. So don't bother <laughs> responding X. to me. I already know it ain't happening. All right. X, Twitter, Instagram, Snapface, whatever it is. Just <laughs> trust me. I get it. But if we're looking at it logically. The Lakers don't have assets. They don't have enough to build a championship team for a 39-year-old superstar who's still giving you 25-7 and 7 shooting 50%. He still can play at a superstar level, but it's not going to be enough whatever you do to get another championship.
1: Joe, we had all of that coming. All of that blows up the topics they're talking about it on the first take and I, you know, you're thinking, "Okay, maybe we maybe we do need to go this direction." And then Wendy, Brian Windhorst. He got a call from Rich Paul, LeBron James' agent, and this is what happened.
2: The Lakers are in New York. The Knicks are red hot. Um, LeBron had whatever that passive-aggressive tweet was. The Lakers are <laughs> 500, although they're coming off a big win. There starts to be this conversation about what might happen, and I think Rich just wanted to shut it down. I mean, in all honesty, Rich
1: reached out to me wendy has got juice. You, you do, do have, have juice. that little flex at the end. Yeah, I like it. I Rich like Ball
2: it. Paul reached out to me. I was just trying to get some sun. I was having a cocktail by the pool. Yeah. Phone goes off. It's RP. I, I can't answer. control it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't control who calls me. Absolutely not. He called me to tell me what's going on so you know. He knew where to go. Exactly.
2: I said, Rich, I don't have a direct line to Stephen A. Eh? He's on air right now. <laughs> It was a great topic. It shows us that the calendar is a changing, right? We're moving from the end of a great NFL run to what is, for a lot of people, the beginning of the NBA run. And now with the trade deadline next week and everything we saw in Boston last night with the Celtics getting walloped by the Lakers C-Squad, people start talking about the idea of of a LeBron James trade. It's interesting, right? That's what we're in the business of. Interesting. But we're also in the business of facts. And Wendy came on and he laid out the facts that LeBron James is not going to be traded, and I also like something he said later in the interview where he talked about how throughout his career he's never been one to, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's never been one to to blow it up in the middle of the season, right? He's always left at the end. He's always Mm. had a finishing point. The first run in Cleveland, you know what? I've done everything I can do here for now. I want to try something different in Miami. Went to Miami, formed the Big Three, achieved what he could achieve there, and then went back to Cleveland with the purpose in mind of delivering his hometown a championship, which he did. And then he left for L.A. I'm sure he still has some unfinished business there, but given his family being settled, given this being the latter stages of his career, his son Bronny playing at USC in the same city, I mean, why? Why? Why would we even indulge the fantasy of him being traded somewhere and playing elsewhere when it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense? He probably li- likes life in L.A. There are a lot of people that don't like L.A., but people like LeBron, who have the access and the money and the influence he has, L.A. can be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it can be. And I, I wouldn't have anticipated him wanting to go anywhere else, but there's a different part of this story that you brought up this morning, and then we actually got a response from LeBron on it, not directly from us, or maybe it was, I don't know. But you actually brought this up in our call about LeBron sitting up, sitting out last night. You know, after everything that we saw this week with Joel Embiid, is LeBron James in that spot potentially trying to send a message to the league by sitting out? I
2: mean, is it a coincidence that it comes right on the heels of Draymond Green's comments, who also happens to be a very close friend of LeBron James? Mm. Joel Embiid got hurt, and a lot of people have been talking about this 65-game threshold. And the reason we have the 65-game threshold is because NBA players have shown us for a while that they don't necessarily want to play a whole lot. They want the check, but they don't want to have to play all the games because they want to manage the bodies. They came up with the term load management. It's been a problem for TV companies. It's been a problem for fans. We're paying tickets and exorbitant prices to go see these guys play and then finding out at the last minute. Like, it's one thing if you have tickets to an NFL game and on Tuesday you find out someone's ruled out. You've got time to make adjustments, right? So be it. But in the NBA, when you when you plan your schedule around, okay, in three months' time, the Lakers are going to make their one visit to Boston this year. My son or daughter or whoever is a huge fan of LeBron James. I'm going to get tickets for them for Christmas, and then a couple months later we're going to go check out that game only to find out day of he's out when he had just played two days before and will likely play at the Garden on Saturday night, that's problematic. It's problematic for business. Like if Steve Aoki doesn't show up Saturday nights at Omnia nightclub at Caesars, problematic for business. And I know that that reference probably hits a very small portion of this audience, but the analogy is still apt. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if maybe that's a message to the league where they want to let Adam Silver know, 65-game threshold,
1: nice while it lasted, but we're not around for it. We're not good with it. You should have booked DJ Paulie D, first of Paulie all. Paulie D? Yeah. I mean, come on. The guy's at Jersey Shore for Pete's sake back in the day, and it's coming back. And you're not booking him? I mean, is there anybody more reliable? Jersey Shore's coming back? Uh, apparently. Like, it's been on, like, I don't know, there's 15 reunions. And every time I turn up, there's, uh, I look up, and there's Snooks. She's on the screen. It happens. Anyway. Okay. I'll have to uh, I'll
2: have to look into that.
1: No, you don't. No, you don't.
2: I was I was just indulging. I won't yeah. be looking into that.
1: No needs, no need to indulge me at all. <laughs> Meanwhile, the LeBron tweet this morning to what we were just talking about is is this. We'll read it to you directly. Two of them in fact. For about an hour ago, where are all the media outlets, TV media personalities, hot takes to talk so much blank about Joel Embiid missing those games when he knew what he was dealing with? Now he's out with an injury because of it. Not one person has went back on TV or their dumbass podcast and apologized to that man. No accountability, three trash can emojis. LeBron. Is it our fault that Joel Embiid got hurt? Did Joel Embiid really go out there because of the criticism the last few days? That's on Joel Embiid. I'm, first of all, I think if you criticize Joel Embiid after finding out that he was in fact hurt, then that's on you. Uh, that's just dumb. Uh, secondly, if you think that Embiid is the reason, or rather, the, the, Criticism is the reason it went out there, and it actually is. That's on Joel. That's not on us. I'm sorry. Like you just said, he knew what he was dealing with. He's the one who decides whether or not he plays. I
2: mean, the situation from the Saturday night in Denver where the Sixers didn't put him on the injury report only to scratch him later in the night. If you were on social media, you saw the uproar that that caused. People are sensitive to this because we were told load management was going to be curtailed, right? Like for years, we've been dealing with this. This idea that we have these mega matchups that are about to take place, TV companies advertise them, radio shows talk about it, people break it down, people make predictions, people get excited, only for a couple hours before one of the stars gets ruled out. And when he's not on the injury report in the morning you start to think that there's some tomfoolery in play. There clearly wasn't on behalf of the Sixers, although they were fined $75,000 for that, and Embiid went on to miss the next game in Portland. But if he's going to step out there, shouldn't the blame be on the medical staff for allowing that to happen? Why is Joel Embiid making that decision? It's Mm. January. The Sixers, once again, finding ways to not think about the playoffs. Think about the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Please stop worrying about losing to get the number one pick. Stop worrying about whether or not you have a big three. Stop worrying about
1: everything other than winning championships. From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride-or-die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride-or-die alive ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In moments, we expand on this discussion. Kendrick Perkins is going to join us in just moments. They were chanting MVP at MSG last night. But how realistic is it that Jalen Brunson can actually take home the award? That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
3: On Carlin versus Joe, we try to make questions as simple as possible.
0: Do we look stupid or something? Because it really comes down to one thing in sports. Are you good?
1: I mean, sometimes you just got to go simple, right? Sometimes you just got to go simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. So, we are diving into the NBA as the NFL season wraps up. And we start to ask these questions of teams that either might be middle of the pack teams or teams that you look up and you're like, wait, holy crap. The Oklahoma City Thunder are the number two team in the West. What am I missing? So let's do it. Let's ask the question quite simply, are you good? And we will start in the apple.
0: The New York Knicks. You good?
1: Joe, what do you think? Yeah, they're good. Number
2: three in the NBA in net rating at plus 8.6, behind only the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks play an aggressive style of defense. They're top five in defensive efficiency this season. Jalen Brunson has emerged as a legitimate MVP candidate. Teams won nine in a row, and since the acquisition of OG Ananobi, the defense has kicked it into another gear. They're handling the regular season very well. The question becomes, What's your playoff upside? Remember, and this isn't to knock the Knicks, but remember, they have really been hammering bad teams this season. I look forward to the upcoming schedule with some measuring stick games. Let me see another matchup with the Celtics. Let me see a matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks so we can get a better gauge of what this Knicks team is all about. But they are fun as hell right now.
1: Yeah, the Knicks are good. And remember a couple of years ago, Joe, uh, it was Thibodeau's first year as head coach, and they really played so hard all season long, and they got back to the playoffs, and everybody's all pumped up by it. And then you get to a point where you see them, and you say they flame out in the playoffs because, oh, they expended too much energy, and they got the most out of them. This is different. This is a team... That is flat-out good. We'll get to more of Are You Good in just a bit. But right now, we welcome in our ESPN NBA analyst. It is Kendrick Perkins with us on Carlin versus Joe. Perk, it's Chris Carlin. It's Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate the time. As always, let us just dive right in. Since we were just talking about the Knicks, we heard the fans last night chanting for MVP. Can Jalen Brunson actually get himself into the MVP conversation this year?
3: He's already there. He's already there. You got to remember, at the beginning of the week, I think he was his odds. Were, he was he was ranked twenty three for his odds to win the MVP. Now he's ranked six. He's already in the conversation. Hmm. The Knicks, the Knicks are knocking at the door of the Milwaukee Bucks for for taking over the number two seed, right? Jalen Brunson right now. And Charles Barkley said something last week that made that made me like think even more. He said the Knicks haven't been this relevant. Jalen Brunson has the Knicks so real They has have, they, have, they haven't been this relevant since Patrick Ewing. Woo! Nice comp right
2: That's there. Yeah. Nice comp right yeah. there. Now, one of the yeah. teams that they're going to look to pass in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, your MVP frontrunner just a few days ago, he misses the Denver game. He misses the Portland game. He gets injured in the Golden State game. LeBron James comes out today, sends a very interesting tweet criticizing the media and all the individuals who basically pushed Joel Embiid to play, kind of insinuating that it was the media's fault that he forced himself to go out there, saying we owe James, or excuse me, Embiid, an apology. Do you see that as the case?
3: How it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like he. Uh, it, he re-injured the situ. He re-injured the leg. Like it was. It had that injury that he had in Golden State had nothing to do with why he was sidelined before then, and so what people were criticizing, including myself, was that we were trying to figure out. Why hasn't Joe Embiid B played in the, in Denver against Jokic since 2019? It's been four years. That's what we're trying to. That's what we're trying to understand. Along with, can somebody explain why did the Philadelphia 76ers just get fined 75 grand? I can explain it because he was he he wasn't on the injured list, right? It, it wasn't the proper protocol, so he wasn't on the injury list. So. We're just trying to get an understanding of why every time it's time to play Jokic in Denver over the last four seasons, Joe Embiid has not been available.
1: That's it. Kendrick Perkins with us. Perk, LeBron sat out last night against the Celtics along with AD, who we knew was a little bit banged up. So with all of that in mind, I'll go conspiracy theory on you. You think LeBron was sending a message about the whole 65-game limit thing by sitting out last Uh, night?
3: I I don't think it was that. I think it was a combination of a lot of things. One, he's old, right? Okay, maybe he needed the rest. Two, and this is just me guessing, I mean, he hates Boston. That's public information. He's let that be known. And three, I mean, he has shown frustration over the last couple weeks about you know, how how unhappy he's been with how things have been going in Los Angeles. And we know when they get close to the trade deadline, we know we're going to get a certain type of energy and a certain type of attitude from LeBron James when, you know, he wants something to happen.
2: Kendrick Perkins joining Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. On the other side of that equation, the Celtics. I mean, how flat can you look in an NBA game that the entire world is watching? They get rolled by the Lakers without AD, without LeBron. What happened there?
3: You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a fluke win and all that. A fluke in it, you know, like, all that. I don't want to hear that. Like, it's still Celtics, Lakers no matter what, no matter what the name, what the names are on the back of the Jersey it's still Celtics Lakers. And it just goes back to what I've been saying all year, right? Like I believe the Celtics took 48 threes last night, made 16 of them. They got to the eight. They, they shot seven free throws as a team. So, they basically have become a live by the three, die by the three team, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now that they gotta find a way to find that balance in between. Where if things are not, if they're not shooting the ball right with that much athleticism at the wing position and the guard position, is nowhere in hell They shouldn't be one of the tops on a night-to-night basis for us getting to the free throw line and getting to the basket. <laughs>
1: Kendrick Perkins with us, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, the Clippers, you've been all over this. Um, The 65-game rule is working for them for sure. So what are you seeing here?
3: I see the best team in the NBA, to be honest with you. That's what I see. That's, That's coached by one of the best coaches in the NBA. And when you think about Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard at his best, seriously, could match up and be the best player in any given series against any given player. He has shown us that time and time again. The only thing that's ever been questioned is Kawhi Hill. But when you think about their roster, their deep. you know, we know what Paul George is going to bring to the table. We see James Harden flourishing in that point guard position. They got depth at the big, Zubat, Daniel Tice, uh, Plumlee. And then you look at their bench. You got Russell Westbrook, who has embraced his role to the fullest. You have uh, Norman Powell coming in, who could arguably be in the six-man-of-the-year conversation. And then T. Lou to sprinkle in a little bit of youth with Trey Mann and Coffee. So, like, they're the most complete team in basketball, and they're playing the best basketball right now.
2: All right, Burke, moment of truth. Every time you join us on ESPN Bet Live, you're kind enough to give us a deadbolt lock. We got a pretty deep card tonight in the NBA. Is it possible you have a deadbolt lock for us tonight?
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's been it's been a while. Hold on. I can throw you one. <laughs> I can
2: throw that. you one while you look. I can suggest one go. for you. Go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and throw one out there. We talked about it earlier. Pacers Hosting the Kings. Kings were off last night. Kings are laying three and a half points. Pacers, as great as they've been this year, this is their sixth game in nine nights. They just played last night at the Garden. Flew back to Indianapolis. I think it's a good situation for the Sacramento Kings. Wouldn't go so far as to call it a deadbolt lock. No sir Bob. That's where you shine. But I would take the Kings over the Pacers
3: tonight. That, that, that's not bad. That's not bad, but the. The Kings ha- have been up and down this season, mm-hmm. but with me looking at the schedule right now, my dead boat lock is the Timberwolves to cover. Look like minus six and a half against the Orlando Magic at home. The oh. sirens
2: going off in the background at the exact moment you made that pick. Yeah. I'm tripling down. Yeah. I'm tripling down. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: my dead <laughs>
1: Park, awesome stuff. We appreciate it, man. All right, thank you. Talk soon. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Triple down with the sirens. (laughs) Beautiful. Just as he's saying it, the siren starts going off. It's perfect timing. Oh, my God. It's amazing. (laughs) It's as if he had his own tout show right there. So great. So great. Something is amiss in college football, and one of the biggest names. Trying to get his way out of college football as a result. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. After I have this from our friends at Indeed. Not enough O's and smooth. <laughs> it is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality Candidates And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next to hassle, start hiring. Indeed.com slash credit.
0: This is the Carlin versus
3: Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states.
3: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert.
0: Pizza, pizza.
2: Okay, so UFC fight night, Las Vegas, Saturday night. It's at the Apex. Main card starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go to the main event. We're going to take Nasardini Imanov 170, over Roman Delizze. Styles make fights, as they say, and stylistically, it's a bad matchup for Delizze. Uh should be standing and striking. He's gonna look for an opportunity to get it to the ground. But Imanov, if they're on their feet, he's gonna be more aggressive. He's gonna have more throwing output, volume, however you want to look at it. It looks good for the judges. And I think stylistically this could be deep. I like the over two and a half as well. UFC fight night, main event, main event. Nasardini, Imam Imamov hey, how do I pronounce that? Imamov. Imam Imamov? Imamov, yep. Imamov. Imamov. Over Roman Deleuze. Am I getting that last Deleuze right? Yeah, you're nailing that. I thought so. Minus 175. Uh, play with caution. Play with caution. <laughs> <laughs> I was nailing the names earlier today, and I, I the thing is, I try I try to take it as seriously as I can. I go to YouTube and I listen to John Anix calls. As, as, in multiple fights, so that I can hear the name multiple times, and then I write it out phonetically, and I practice it, and then sometimes I just look down and I'm like, I'm I'm dead. I forgot all the practice. are adding to his first name too, which is pretty funny. Nasardini. It's just Nasardine. Nasardine. Yeah, I I thought I heard. Oh, maybe I'm wrong but I've always heard it. Well, that's Dini. interesting. You came on with a lot of confidence in the yeah, second you did. I yeah, showed some really You were like, well, I if could it, be you wrong. You just said you listened to Anik, both his calls, so then I'm starting to second-guess myself. That's what I thought. I thought I heard him saying it like that. Nasser Dini. Okay. He's French, so... I don't know. I apologize to everyone involved. I I, I got to Be honest. I did try. I put it in this morning. I was. If you were anywhere near me, over in the cubicles, like I I was blasting YouTube videos, watching fights. What was the bet? I got lost in all of this, and I don't even
1: know what your bet was.
2: Main event it, UFC the best fight. Was how night to spell Master
1: Dean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, not Dalidze. Since I know how to pronounce it, I'll tell you. Not Dalidze. The the other gentleman is who we're betting. It's a tip. Okay. Not a good one. Well, the tip could be good, but the pronunciation was, was poor. You
1: know how you said a few minutes ago like when the siren went off behind Perk's deadbolt lock of the night and made Correct. you want to triple down on it? Correct. That just made me want to bail on everything you just said. Yeah.
2: I, I, I can't blame you. That's a fading ball. I can't blame anybody. Yeah. If everyone's going the other way on that, I know Handman's already going the other way. That's more than fair. I'm not going to try to convince anyone to, to, to ride with that. I'm, you know, to, I we, I have bet it. I want to make it clear. It's not a joke. I don't give this stuff out and not bet it. That no. would be as unethical, in my opinion, as possible. I will be betting it. If you three gentlemen choose to fade me, I will not hold that against you.
1: See, I love that. I love the fact that you are always going to put your money where your mouth is. Myself? No. Not going to happen. <laughs> Sometimes I'll throw it out there. You're on your own. I said it. Doesn't mean you should bet it. That's on you. But you... You're right there, money behind it, and you will back up your word 100%, and I enjoy that for you. (laughs) I really do. It's Carla versus Joe. Hey, don't forget, tune in NBA action tomorrow night. Nick's hosting the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. There was a, a nice little nugget that uh, jumped out last night, and I don't know if many people caught it. We talked yesterday about Jeff Hafley, the Boston College head coach, leaving to go become the defensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. Part of it to get back to the league, but also part of it, everything that's happening with N. NIL and fundraising and what a nightmare it's become to become uh, it's become to be a college head coach last night uh, after we got the news that Cliff Kingsbury had been hired by the Raiders to be their offensive coordinator. It came out that he had interviewed the chip Kelly had interviewed twice to be the Raiders offensive coordinator and he is right at the top of the list to potentially become the OC in Washington as in that Chip Kelly, currently head coach at UCLA. Now, a couple of things here. Number one, Halfley probably had this play in, too, and I think it's playing in for Chip Kelly. If you have a disappointing year this year, you could be out. So maybe it's best to get ahead of the game.
2: Jumping in real quickly, a lot of people thought he'd be out after last season.
1: Yeah, So and he wasn't. So now it's, let me get ahead of this. And I think Chip Kelly wants to be back in the league anyway, but at the very least, it is becoming more and more of a nightmare to be be a college head coach. And when you start seeing that, guys who are current head coaches making a boatload of cash interviewing to be offensive coordinators somewhere else, that tells you an awful lot.
2: I think Chip absolutely wants to be in the league. I, I He left Oregon, went to Philadelphia. It started hot, ended very poorly. He got a very fortunate bounce of the ball with another opportunity in San Francisco right after he had been dismissed. And then one year on the job, he was gone. And I remember being in San Francisco during that one year. And towards the end, he was doing everything he could to convince ownership to keep him everything he could, he did not want to go back to the college ranks. There's a lot of rumors that he doesn't like the recruiting and everything that comes with it, and that's completely understandable, but that he would prefer the rigors of the professional job more so than the collegiate job. And it leads into a point you've been making about how difficult the collegiate head coaching job has become because it's not just about coaching football anymore.
1: Yeah, and so think about this. Um, The SEC, this came from Pete Thamel just a little while ago, his tweet. All right? the SEC and the Big Ten are set to announce that they are setting up an advisory committee. It's expected to look at the entire college landscape and the solutions within it. Now, they did announce it shortly thereafter. And you had this week Greg Sankey coming out and talking about the SEC commissioner about the investigation into NIL issues at Tennessee. And Greg Sankey said... You know, we need to be looking at the bigger pictures with college athletics right now and maybe not spending so much time on individual cases. And it's not ever happened before that I can remember that a commissioner of a conference would basically say, you know what, give up on a, a, a one school in our conference and go look at the bigger problem. You know, he's not going to defend that school if they did something wrong right away. Joe, this is happening. It's the This is happening. You are going to have these schools break off, form their own thing, and bail on the NCAA, and it is happening soon.
2: It feels like what's happening with the Big Ten and the SEC is just the precursor to what we already see in the professional ranks with the AFC and the NFC, is it not? Yeah. Right. Two major conferences that are going to continue to acquire teams until they get to a certain point and they will conduct their regular season schedules, and then there will be a playoff format that involves half versus the other half. I don't know if they're going to do it exactly the same way, but you got the haves and the have-nots. To your point on what happened at Boston College yesterday, the head coach, they can't keep up. They can't keep up. You got to recruit guys, and then you've got to continue to recruit them while you have them to make sure they don't want to leave, while also recruiting other guys to come in or other guys to jump ship from their teams to join you while scouting while putting together game plans, while coaching the football team. There are only so many institutions that have the bandwidth and the financial resources to conduct that operation. Some of these can't. UConn football, for example. New Mexico State football. Boise State, perhaps. How are you supposed to compete? The second you have a player pop on tape, here comes Texas offering him a million dollars a year to jump ship And join the Longhorns. And what kid is going to turn that opportunity down? They're getting paid at a very young age. So I can understand they're going to want to cash in. So here we go. At some point, this is going to become more and more regulated. We're probably 10 years away from a salary cap. And essentially all these years, the USFL and the XFL and everyone who's tried to create a minor league football system, here it is. It's just going to be college football Finally acknowledging that it's not an amateur sport. It is a semi pro sport. I think, Carlin, there's an opportunity here to borrow a little bit of the um, European football model, mm. which is the relegation promotion package. Yeah. Right. Like you'll have these teams in college, but maybe as you have the SEC as one conference, the Big Ten as the other conference. Maybe some other team puts something together over the course of a few years and can get promoted into one of those conferences while one of them gets relegated. Probably something that will be too difficult to do with TV rights
1: revenues and all that stuff. But I think there's a lot of opportunity here to create something very cool. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. That's a that's a really interesting and great great idea to kind of delve into it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio hey don't forget college basketball action tomorrow you got Kansas hosting Houston number two against number four if I'm not mistaken presented by Robin Hood coverage begins 3 30 p.m Eastern on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app in the NBA how many teams are legitimate title contenders it's next on ESPN radio in Sirius XM channel 80
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Oh, man, this one
1: hits hard. Terrible news today. Carl Weathers has passed away oh. at the age of 76. His family issued this statement. We're deeply saddened to announce the passing of Carl Weathers. He died peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, February, uh, February 1st, 2024. Of course, Apollo Creed, his most famous role, but, I mean... You know, you you really look at his history. Carl Weathers was a really good actor; could do a lot of different things. He did some comedy along the way. I mean, we all know, uh, of course, Happy Gilmore. He was amazing as a villain in the Rocky movies, and then in Rocky Three, becoming Rocky's trainer. It was oh god, I'm this bums me out to no end. He was tasked
2: with playing Ali, like it wasn't Muhammad yeah. Ali; it was Apollo Creed. But that was the that was the Ali character. Yeah. Very brash, the showman, a lot of talk, and he was fantastic in that role. Like that, I'm going to be honest, like that body type, he, he just perfect. Oh, my God. I'm just speaking from a point of just admiration. Yeah. He always looked to be in tremendous shape. Um, that role, fantastic. You forget that he played for the Oakland Raiders. He was a professional football That's player. That's right. Wow. First time the Raiders were in Oakland. And then on top of it, you've mentioned all his roles, and you can't be expected to mention all of them in one shot, but – Dylan in Predator. Oh, amazing in Predator. He made it close to the end. I mean, only one person was going to beat Predator and we we knew going in that that was going to be Dutch. Yeah. Because you know, Schwarzenegger was a star of the film, but Weather's gave it a hell of a run in that movie.
1: He really did.
2: And that Predator took out all those guys. So <sighs> That That is a, a sad loss because he has been a part of our life. How long? He's been doing this stuff since before I was born. I mean, I've been around Carl Weathers' material for a long time and enjoyed yeah. all of it. I honestly can't think of any time I've ever come across him where I was like, no. Nah.
1: Right? Like, I that mean, speaks would, to the, the Rolodex. Yeah, he would do smaller things like, you know, what was the... Um, uh, the TV show with Jason Bateman. Um, Arrested Development? Ago. Yeah, Arrested Development. He did that. He was hysterical in that. When he appeared in like five or six episodes, so funny and delivering material. And of course, you know, Appy Gilmore as Chubbs. Uh, amazing in that. <laughs> I like, and, and I bit my damn hand off. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, he was just literally in the in a commercial with with Gronk for his Super Bowl thing. Yeah. He came up on a motorcycle at the end of that commercial. So, boy, that's so terribly sad. Oh, 76 years old. Um man. You think about like you think about Carl Weathers like you're talking about the body type in Rocky. Great shape. Tremendous oh shape. Amazing shape. Even even when he lost to Drago, he looked amazing. He's know? in the famous GIF that the the
2: handshake that people use when they're like, "Yeah, we're teaming up." the 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 Schwarzenegger Weathers handshake. His forearm and bicep are going toe to toe there with Schwarzenegger, Ugh. a former Mister Olympia. I, I mean,
1: as- I feel like I don't
2: need to spend this much time on Carl's Weathers physique. I, I feel no, like there's but- a lot of ways to compliment. No, but him. Like when I feel like I've done too much on that.
1: <laughs> no, I don't feel like you have because. When you think about Rocky, it was so important in that movie to have the right type of antagonist. Yeah. And when you talk about playing a villain in those first two movies, nobody did it better. Like he was amazing at it. And then you think about the turn in Rocky 3 to become his guy, um I just think it's a you know, it's a testament to this person's acting skills that he Never got enough credit for
2: You don't have Rocky without Apollo Creed. Do you know how important that character was to that movie? You go back and look at the movie and the Oscar win and everything that came with it, and it's the story about the down-on-his-luck guy, the true underdog, and all this. But in order for you to buy into the underdog story, you really have to root for the underdog because you don't like the villain. You don't like the favorite, right? and that's what he did he was able to present that in a way where you were that you were pulling that hard for rocky if weathers doesn't do a tremendous job in that role no one cares if rocky goes on to win you have to believe in what you're being sold and weathers did a tremendous job you go through this imdb toy story 4 the mandalorian Law and Order, Chicago Justice. And I know people are thinking, no, that's not his his best stuff. Yes, we've already talked about some of it, but he's everywhere. There's yeah. what you're talking about with the rest of development. Like he is everywhere. This career spans decades,
1: Carlin. And uh, the you know, the Mandalorian, I didn't even bring up cuz I listen, I'm a Star Wars guy, but I've primarily I've stuck to the movies. I have not gotten locked in on the TV series as of yet. There's a lot. That universe yeah. has really expanded. Right, but he was a he was a a recurring character on The Mandalorian and obviously and I'm going to sound ignorant here because I haven't watched it yet, but um it just kind of speaks to a dude that had some range. Incredible. He had some legitimate range as an actor. Incredible to alert people that you haven't seen
2: something, but yet to go ahead and give them a take on it anyway. Tremendous. That's what I do. (laughs) You go, I don't want to sound ignorant here. I'm like, this should be good. Next (laughs) statement, I haven't seen it yet. Next statement, a critique on something you
1: have not seen.
2: Carlin, where'd you learn that move?
1: (laughs) Where haven't I learned that move? Many, many places. What are you implying? I'm missing the joke.
2: Oh, the show Carlin used to produce in New York. They used to do over the summer. They would read a movie review in the paper and then give their review of the movie based on the review. That's a good bet.
1: Uh, You know what the bit was? First of all, Carla versus Joe is presented by progressive insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay and benefits. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. They one time Mike and Chris did movie reviews and they were doing a moving review of saving private Ryan when it came out. And after talking about it for 15 minutes, Dog goes at the end of it. Mike, listen, one thing I took away from this, war is bad. War is bad, Mike. Well, I I really... What would
2: we have done without that take, do you think?
1: I I don't know. (laughs) I I think it would still be a hot-button issue. We'd still be debating the pros of war. Yeah. It's amazing. I was stunned that I didn't get a call from Meet the Press that week. I really was. Uh, but this is it is terribly sad, the passing of Carl Weathers, yes. who just oh, like I feel like a little piece of my childhood just uh, is gone now without him. Carl Weathers, very sad, passed away today at the age of 76.
0: Thanks for listening to the Colin vs Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to it on the ESPN app. The Carlin
3: versus Joe podcast. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.